0: Welcome to The Struggle Is Real by Family Bridges.
1: Hello and welcome to The Struggle Is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to help encourage and empower parents in their parenting journey. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. We're your host, Veronica Avila.
2: Hello, Veronica. And on this side, I am Omar Ramos. And today we begin a series of podcasts based on faith and how we instill our values into our children. To begin the discussion, we have invited our very own expert, Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges, and co-author of The Struggle is Real. Joining us also is Charles Weir, pastor and editor of Tindall Publishers with vast experience working with couples here in the U.S. and in Latin America as a missionary, alongside his wife, Elizabeth. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here.
1: Thank you both uh, again for being here. And Today's discussion is titled Self-Love Versus Self-Hatred. Now, it's a very deep topic, but before we dive into it, I'd like to ask both of you, what role did faith play in your upbringing? Alicia? Definitely played a big role. I
3: mean, my father, my, both my parents were pastors. They just had a life of deep faith. They practiced faith in a very day-to-day, it was very real for them. What impact did that have in your life? I think it it was an imprint in my life, and so because they had such a strong faith, I don't tend to be too much of a worrywart. In fact, in the midst of situations that are probably very stressful and overwhelming and daunting, it takes a lot for me to buckle down and, and fall apart, and I think it's because I saw them mm-hmm. from day to day, experienced such strong faith, and, and in the end, things, things worked out really well. And so I think that that just somehow was built in my DNA somehow.
1: Nice. And you, Charlie?
0: Well, same here. Uh, My parents were in ministry. My parents were missionaries. And so I grew up overseas with them and watching them work both in teaching situations where they taught at a Bible institute and also worked in the church. And so uh, faith was, you know, right there all the time. We spent a lot of time in church, it seemed like as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But because it became such a natural thing, you know, you just looked forward to it and as you got older, you began participating in different ways. And what that did was uh, give me a sense, uh, on one hand, a sense of what, how spirituality or the spiritual faith comes into play on a day-to-day basis. And also, it taught me how faith has to do with being connected with people and trying to be there either to help or to work alongside of people.
4: Beautiful.
2: Just to kind of piggyback on what you guys just uh, mentioned, I actually grew up in the uh, Catholic environment. My dad was uh, the guy that would help out with the uh, offerings and stuff like that. My mom was the uh, catechism teacher to the point that we were so Catholic that I was forced to become an altar boy. So I was there every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. And it's it's a beautiful experience because, I mean, it was like through that, that my parents were kind of trying to instill faith in us within the system, the Catholic system that we grew up in. So we're not in the Catholic system anymore. My parents uh, decided to go different routes but I mean it's something that I do remember that it was like their way of trying to teach us hey this is what we believe in so everybody has to have like an important role within the uh, Mm -hmm. Catholic uh, belief but um, continuing now with our uh, podcast today parents instill their values and faith into their children from an early age and throughout their life by telling them and showing them let's begin with our first scenario self love versus self hatred And here we have the cafeteria. Not particularly exciting, but nonetheless, an essential component of the seventh grade experience. Students gather here to eat, socialize, what have you.
5: I know what a cafeteria is, Mr. Tusk. We had one at my last school.
2: Of course. Cordelia, uh, can you come over here, please? Will, this is Cordelia, our student council treasurer. Cordelia, this is Will. It's his first day. Could you show him the ropes a little bit?
5: Of course, Mr. Tusk.
2: you have your schedule, Will? Yep. Great. I'll be around if you need anything. Until then, Cordelia here is as good a guide as any. Enjoy your first day.
5: Hi, my name's Will. I just moved here. I know, Mr. Tusk literally just said the same thing. What's your first class after lunch? Oh, they put you in athletics. I'm sorry. Is that a bad thing? You have your choice of electives, arts, language, or athletics. I take Latin. It's such an important stepping stone to the rest of the Romance languages, and to medicine or law. Arts is fine, I suppose, if you like the attention, but athletics? It's mostly for mouth breathers. Oh. Well, the sports were really great in my old school. We had basketball, and wrestling. Is there anything like that here? Wrestling? That sounds barbaric. No, we don't have wrestling. But if you enjoy running around in circles and needing a shower for the rest of the day, then maybe you'll like it. Who am I to judge? Okay, well, how's the food here? My last school had the most amazing barbecue. It was out-of-this-world delicious. Uh, no, they don't serve barbecue. We have cultured food. It requires more of a sophisticated palate. Today's Friday, so they serve French cuisine. Oh, no way. I love French food. My Why mom just taught me how to make souffle. Why are you school on Friday anyway? In November. My dad just got restationed here. We moved from Guam. He's I in the Air I would be Force. so irritated if my parents did that to me. You'll never catch up with your classes. This is going to be so hard for you. Oh, no. Mr. Tuss said it would be easy enough to make up the work, and I'm really excited to be back in the United States. It's going to be so hard. I feel so bad for you. Uh, that's okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. You keep telling yourself that, Will. Remember, if you need help with anything, there's a really good tutoring program here, I've heard. I'll remember that. So I guess I'm going to go try some of this French food now.
1: You do that. Thanks for all your help. Nice to meet you too righty then so we have a very welcoming Cordelia or not <laughs> We just heard Cordelia welcoming will or at least it seemed like it was more of a of a task of welcoming him to the school but obviously they've been raised very differently They come from different backgrounds. I think it's safe to say that most parents, most of us parents, want to raise kind, compassionate children with a healthy self-esteem and who take risks. But if parents model, doctor, to their children how to be, what can parents learn? from Cordelia and Will that we just heard? Well, it seems like Cordelia
3: has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, and she just seems to be very on edge and not relaxed to just enjoy the moment or be present. So she seems to have a, a goal in the future and just be so task-oriented about the goals that she wants to reach or what have you that she's not taking it in. So just a very serious outlook mm-hmm. of life, very heavy. And also there's a little bit of a tone of, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And so I think as as parents, we want, To have our kids be the best they can be. We want them to succeed in their dreams and all these things. And we encourage them along the way and provide opportunities for them to do that. Sometimes just all this, we've talked about it before, all this praising of all of these things Mm -hmm. in lieu of just also providing opportunities for them to be real and honest and caring is something we need to be mindful of. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's important to expose them and give them opportunities because we want them to reach but we also don't want to rob them of the opportunity of childhood. Also we want to provide opportunities for growth and volunteering. You asked us earlier about what was our faith background Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I grew up was with the faith community that provided was an opportunity to serve. Yes. And you know, we always had either people coming over and staying at home from, you know, doing missions in different, you know, or coming over and they were doing missions in different parts of the community, and so they would come and stay with us, and, or we would just be serving in some capacity, mm-hmm. and that made you be a little bit more real and be more in the moment. And so I think that's, that's something that we need to be mindful of. Yes, excel, provide opportunities for success in the future. But let's also provide opportunities for compassion to be developed. And that's developed with opportunities where there's that hands-on experience. So you don't have that Cordelia attitude. Mm.
1: Just the me, me, me and okay, whatever. And I won't even let you uh, finish what you were saying because I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of thing. Definitely. We could see that there was no compassion there.
2: Doctor, thank you for that. And uh, continuing with this. Well, it seems like each person's reality helps them view the world from a uh, specific perspective. It's like a reflection of what they're trying to do. Charles, I'm going to go ahead and circle back to you. Thank you for joining us once again. You've worked with numerous couples in different countries and with different realities. What do you think parents can do to ensure that their kids see out their own reality and be more empathetic? With other people,
0: well, I'm am t- tempted to go quickly to talk about what to do with their kids, mm-hmm. but I think we need to back up a step and say what do they need to do with each other mm-hmm. to set up a context in which uh, the children will be able to see mm-hmm. roles modeled, where they'll be able to uh, learn by experience, and then as they begin exercising, what they think is the right choice to be able to guide that. Mm-hmm. So, so it seems to me that there's a there's a full context for that to happen. But uh, parents need to stimulate children in the service, in the getting along, in learning to fit the group without making them become just one more cog. It's And by that, I mean, uh, we don't want them to fit in so well that they don't seem to have creativity. They don't seem to, they just kind of flow. We do want them to excel. We want them mm-hmm. to reach their highest potential, but we don't want them to do that by stepping on others. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a healthy balance between go out there and get it, and you can do it, and you're okay. And, and then to be able to also say, well, you've got some weaknesses, and let's work on those because everybody's got weaknesses. And so mm-hmm. trying to find that balance and trying to model it in a certain context. And I think additionally, as we were talking originally about the faith context, being able to be in a group that has those kind of thinking going on because of their faith or because they've come together to, to model among themselves and to encourage each other to live a certain way, that's going to be a good context for kids as well. It does require honesty. It does require recognizing weakness. Even parents being able to, with their children, say they're sorry when they did it wrong, being able to admit it, being able to talk about it. The kids get a whole nother sense. I, I sense that this young boy who's coming into this new context is very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is life. And, and we just kind of flow with it. We figure it out and move ahead. And it seems to me that that's great. You know, he's got good potential there.
3: I think what uh, Charlie's saying is really important. A character is developed within the context of a moral upbringing as well, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, you could teach your child even to serve, but mm-hmm. if they don't have a heart in it as well, it can come off wrong because then it's all more about self serving because I'm doing all these things that so could be on my resume, if you will, so I can get a scholarship. Well, we've all met that. That's not mm-hmm. exactly what we want either. And I think that comes with that moral conviction. And like Charlie said, where do you get that? But you get that in a faith community. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, when you look at the tradition of of Christianity and and just different faith traditions, we're a big silent army that's doing amazing good worldwide, so many volunteers. And in essence, there's a lot of great works that are being done in social justice and different platforms. And so wouldn't we want to do that, allow our children to be a
1: part of that as well? Most definitely. Now for the parents, for the parents that are listening that may have a daughter or a son that's more like Cordelia, they're halfway through their journey or Just a little ahead, what can they do now to redirect their children? We know that they have to learn to help themselves, right? But how can they also bring their kids around or along so that they can also learn to be compassionate and more of servant leaders?
3: I think one really great way is reading, actually, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. being able to have stories of different people or watching some movies. Noble, for example, is a movie you can download on Netflix and it's this lady that had a difficult time and as she grew up and eventually she gave back And, you know, started an orphanage, but sometimes being able to read stories or see stories of people opens up your world to Mm -hmm. other realities. And so you're not just kind of in your own world and it's all about you. And there's been great stories, too, about how stories do impact the neurology of empathy. And it creates a sense of like, oh, you know, this is what's going on. And so doing that through different magazines, seeing what's happening in the world, just opening up children's eyes. That's one idea that any parent can do.
2: Okay, so uh, moving forward, and this one is, I can say that I can relate to it. Raising a self-confident child and another that is not so confident is a reality for many parents. And I'm actually going through that right now with uh, my daughter and her stepsister. I invite you to listen to this, Alicia and Charles. This is called Twins, But Not Really.
6: Alright followers, welcome back to the backseat of my mom, Sedan. As always, I'm your host, Cece. Today we're watching my poor baby brother totally fail at his attempt to parallel park. Cece, turn it off. It's hard enough to concentrate without you making fun of me every ten seconds. I agree, Cece. Give it a rest. Poof. I have over 200 viewers right now. Would Sabrina Cruz give it a rest? Would Brendan Jordan? I don't know who those people are. If you're just joining us, as you can see here, my baby brother Eric almost just completely took off the driver's side mirror. Moms today know nothing about pop culture, and that new avocado treatment is making my hair look gorgeous. Beautiful people, parent humor, and car crashes. Stay tuned, people. CC stop. Mom, would you just kick her out of the car? I'm not giving two driving lessons today. Just tune her out. You can do this.
5: Can you at least take her phone away? I can't do this with my whole school watching. They already hate me.
6: They don't hate you, honey, but all the same, Cece, I told you, give it a rest. Fine. (laughs) Fear not, loyal followers. Check out my story every minute on the minute for up-to-date snaps of this crazy carnage. This is Cece, signing off. Thank you, Cece. Now, Eric, I know you can do this. You've been
5: saying that all day. It doesn't help.
6: Let's just keep practicing. Put it in reverse. Good. Now give the wheel three big turns all the way to the right. Now back up. You can give it a little more gas. I am. A little more. I am. Eric, we're not moving. Push down the gas. I am. Are you using both feet at the same time?
5: I have to be ready to stop. I'm not going to hit a car. I suck at this. No, no,
6: no, no, no. You're great. But you just need one foot. Trust me. Just the one. Okay. Take your left foot off the brake.
4: Okay.
6: No, no, no. Hit the brake. Hit the brake.
4: I told you. Oh...
6: You didn't My listen. God. Shut up. <laughs> You're such shut a bad up, driver. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You're so bad. What are you doing behind CC, the wheel of a stop. car? Hey, I'm not the one that just rammed into a parked car.
4: Told you, shut up. Just shut up.
6: <laughs> Check this out.
4: I told you, shut up. Just shut up.
6: He makes such a big deal out of everything. He's like a baby. He didn't even hit it that hard. You need to apologize. All right. Leave your phone here. Oh, come on. I swear, you are headed for some serious trouble. Fine, keep it. It's not that funny anyways when he pouts.
2: Wow, taste of reality, ladies and gents. Welcome to, uh... <laughs> Um, So we just listened to a nervous, very low self-esteem, it seems like, not so confident Eric and his uh, overly confident twin sister, uh, Cece, who is uh, Snapchatting his first driving experience and is not very helpful. Now, Dr. Alicia, how can parents deal with kids that have totally different personalities in addition to setting boundaries of respect between the two because apparently here, obviously teens are being teens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they pick on each other, nevertheless brothers and sisters but it seems like there's a boundary that the parents have not set here hey you know what this is a moment that we need to focus on what we're doing and stop picking on your brother because this is not going to help him and we're not going to move forward with what we're trying to accomplish today
3: yeah you almost feel the pain that the mom is feeling Mm. going through this (laughs) because she just wants to give him a car lesson and it's becoming like a big deal you know we have to treat our kids with. they each have different personalities and so we have to adapt to it sometimes the cookie cutter doesn't work because Mm -hmm. of the different personalities and temperaments so yeah we need to wrap around that but knowing that our kids are that way one just practical suggestion is when in this case if the mom would have had a pre-conversation about what are the expectations Mm -hmm. in the car that would have eliminated a lot of grief and you can do this with little kids you know you're going to go into the mall or to the supermarket and you can have a conversation with them in the car or right before you leave the house about what are the expectations and the way that they should be treating each other Mm -hmm. and so that just helps everybody knows the standard but when you are reacting at the moment everybody's just mad and frustrated and angry and upset and then everybody just spills over and it doesn't
1: end well No, (laughs) no, you you bump a car, you crash into a car. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Goodness, poor Eric. Mm -hmm. We see the mom apparently raised them with the same values, at least that's what it seemed like. But how can overly confident or an overly confident sibling affect the one that's not so confident? And what can parents do to balance them out? Here, it seemed like mom was really cool with both of them. But there have been cases where maybe, I don't know if it's, favoritism or preference treatment or whatever with one kid over the other, Mm -hmm. how can we just bring or raise awareness, you know, hey, parents, this is not cool. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, this is where we see the kids being affected. With their self confidence,
3: yeah. Well, you have one that gets away with murder, right, and the other one mm-hmm. doesn't. And so we need to be careful about that. If your kids are saying it, they'll say it. If they're at age, they will catch on. Mm-hmm. And if they say it, pay attention to that and don't be in denial about it. Recognize it, evaluate it, and try to figure out a way to be more conscientious of it. Um, what did you think, Charlie?
0: Absolutely. In this conversation that we're listening to, uh, the mother with the two kids, it seems like at some point there should have been a, you know, put your foot on the brake and then let's just talk Mm -hmm. with the person in the back seat for a few Mm -hmm. minutes and lay down some rules. So if it wasn't done ahead of time, as Alicia was suggesting, it should have been, which makes a lot more Mm -hmm. sense then you need to figure out how to do it on on site. I don't think she should have brought the other twin along mm-hmm. even though she may have thought this is a good way for both of them to learn at once. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's such a good yeah. idea when you're dra- when you're learning to drive.
0: Yeah. And the other thing could have been, if you want to go really wild here, you could have. she could have stopped the car and said, let's switch places, you know. Uh, mm. Let's get you behind the wheel and let's see how much better you do and keep your camera on, you know. And that self-confidence <laughs> as she bumped into the other car, you know. So there, There's lots of ways of trying to balance out a difficult situation, but certainly not forcing him to drive in front of the whole school yeah. with this narration going on in the back of his mind. The other question I've got is, where's the father? Is this a moment when the father might have put a different tone? Exactly. Uh, You know, because typically one of the two is a little more, you know, it will make it through. You're okay, Mm -hmm. And the other one is more of a let's uh, cut it out. You know, so maybe that's the one that should have been accompanying them if they were both there. That said, there still needs to be a clear way of treating each one according to their level. And she was asking for a lot more and not getting it. And he was getting what he needed, Mm -hmm. but in a bad context.
3: Mm-hmm. And if we go back to why is she doing all of this, and it goes back to the question of compassion will restart it, there's the whole psychology of Facebook, right? You hit like, you get, you know, and you know, that's what you live for. And so Snapchat and all these things, she's just living for the attention exactly, and feeding her self-identity with that. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to have some serious conversations with our kids. It's very uh, neurological now, their studies about how it's almost kind of addictive in terms of what they're biologically receiving, the whole, you know, likes in terms of who you are. And so their whole self-identity is based on Mm -hmm. how they're on the stage all the time Mm -hmm. and how people. And so she's using this as an opportunity to be on stage. And so her identity is being formed by this. And that's concerning. A lot of our kids, that's how they're being raised today. They're living for the audience. And with that, there's completely a lack of moral and it doesn't matter how I'm going to get ahead and how I'm going to get liked, I'm going to destroy others in their path. That's a moral issue that has to do with the heart of who you are when you're just able to destroy another and hurt them because yeah, she's hurting her brother mm-hmm. in order to get ahead exactly, so she can be liked by her friends. That's a moral issue and we can't just assume that it's not. That's why we're having this opportunity to talk about our faith because we that is something. Something we need to discuss. It's very real when we don't have a faith tradition. What are our kids they're going after? They're going after being little gods. Mm-hmm. Worship me as a person,
1: like me as a person, and it doesn't matter who I destroy and I run over. Wow, that's a that's a big lesson. She seems like she doesn't want to harm her brother. She might not think about it this way. No. So yes, it's important to take the moment to sit back and say, you know, do you realize what you're doing to your brother? I mean, it seems like it's fun. But if we don't have anything
3: that we're driving towards, Mm -hmm. that we're aspiring towards, that's behind the self. You know, if we don't have any purpose in life other than serving myself, then why not? Why would I have any moral conviction that tells me that this is wrong?
2: for sure. Here's a little disclaimer. Mom and dad, do not allow your kids to be on Snapchat when you're doing a um, driving training course. <laughs> Please don't do that. That's only again, if they're going to become distracted drivers. Mm-hmm. Doctor, to continue with you, and we were just talking about the effects of the sister versus the brother, and I wonder if it gets to the point where you need to seek professional help. Mm -hmm. For example, the sister here who is becoming a bully, in a sense, Mm -hmm. towards her own sibling. I mean, I assume you've heard of cases like this, and how do you go about this?
3: Yeah, when you see that this is perpetually a pattern and it's getting worse, you know, and you're having a hard time restraining it, that's one thing. When you're seeing it's destroying the spirit of another child, like, and you're seeing problems that are of acting out aggressively or imploding internally, like getting depressed and just... You know, being very sad and you can't put your finger on what's going on or health wise, you know, maybe the child stopping to do activities that they want to Mm do, maybe fearful of driving lessons again, you know, whatever it might be and we can't seem to address it, yes, I think in this case, that's where we want to go and seek some support and help.
1: Going back into instilling faith, would it be helpful to have our kids join a youth group? Maybe if some kids don't like their parents because of the relationship they might have, maybe it's a little late in their life, 15, you know, teenagers get really rebellious. Maybe seek a youth group where there's other kids their age that can also talk to them and, hey, this is not cool, and just help them have that servant and that compassionate heart. Would that be a good yeah. idea, Charles?
0: <clears throat> yes, I, I would say yes, it, it is a good idea. I think you want to balance that idea with something else, mm-hmm. uh, just in case it gets missed here, is the idea of the parent not relegating his responsibility to someone else, yeah. but rather finding people to complement it. So mm-hmm. the parent will continue believing and should continue believing that they are the primary, former participant in the formation of the character of the son or the or the children, but at the same time look for that support because in the support it will be reinforced. You can teach a child something or at least think you're teaching them, by saying it, mm-hmm. it may not be learned, right? <laughs> but at the same time, hearing someone else say it now reinforces that. Mm-hmm. It, if a person, like a youth group leader or somebody associated in the youth group might say, you know, my parents, they don't let me do it either. It's a sort of a good reinforcement. Uh, you, you also risk getting some <laughs> new ideas introduced. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good context because the whole idea of a youth group, we would understand, is to help form people with good moral values. Mm-hmm. And so, you want to check it out. Make sure That's what's going on but uh, that is a great support to what the parent is doing Great, awesome finding a uh, great support system
2: is uh, Vital as well great idea Okay, so uh, moving forward and this is another one that I could say I can relate to so up next Mommy tries to make the best of her time with her daughter. This is uh, to protect and serve in God's hands. Take a listen
4: Come on Annie keep up I'm coming Just a sec. We're almost at the top. Do you need to stop? I just need a second. Here, have a seat. Take some water. Thanks. Are you having fun? So much. Now we can see the sunrise from here, I bet. Take your pack off. Stay a while. Okay. We should do this more often. Do you like this? I like it, but it's early. We're just a couple of early birds.
5: If you worked in the mornings instead of at night, I could see you during normal hours. That's true. Mornings are safer. Do you worry about that kind of thing? Isn't it more dangerous at night?
4: It's busier. Mom, you're a cop. Busier means more dangerous. We've talked about this, haven't we? I have a duty. But, don't you get scared when you're at work? Tell me the truth. It's different. You know, when you're out, you're in a zone. You have adrenaline. And you have your routine, your rules, and your partner. Fear gets in the way. Makes the job dangerous. You can control your emotions like that? Well, I'm not alone. You know, the way I feel about it, I have faith. And that gives me courage. It gives me strength. And you think faith is enough? I believe I'm doing the right thing. And that I'm protecting people, and that God will help me make the right choices, the safe choices. I guess. You can't guess. You have to know. Or else the whole thing doesn't work. Love God, love the people around you. That's the only thing we can control. And whether we love or whether we don't, everything else is in God's hands. I still get worried. And I worry about you, too. Like how? How? Like how we live less than a mile from the most beautiful sunrise in Colorado and you'll never see it. I'm ready. Okay, then. You're it. It's not fair. Your legs are longer.
2: (laughs) Okay, so this is one of those feel-good skits. I really enjoyed this one. Um, So we have Super Mommy, who's a uh, police officer working nights and with limited time to spend with her daughter. But she manages, which is key, she manages to make it work and even teaches her about faith. Wow. Dr. Alicia Laos, can you notice a smile on me right now? This is just an amazing thing because I know there's a lot of parents out there that do everything that they can within their busy lifestyle to make it work and have that communication that time spent with her kids.
3: Yeah, and she made it work. She found time even though we're busy and I think that that was a warm opportunity to mm-hmm. be able to speak into the faith. I liked that she wasn't a dictator. She wasn't mm-hmm. just, you know, like let me lay down the law of faith. It was just a natural conversation based on the reality and meeting her daughter where she was at in mm-hmm. terms of her worry. You know what? We all are going to worry. I worry You that's listening are worrying for whatever reason. And I think what's important is to recognize the worry. And then where faith comes in is where we can surrender that, Mm -hmm. especially when it's with that's not within our control. Right. When things are within our control, we are able to activate a plan of action and we can do something about it. But there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. And that's where faith comes in uh, very handy, gives us a sense of peace um, when we're able to surrender that
1: definitely and I think she did that very well because it's showing her you know this is the daughter's obviously worried that she might not come home one day right and she says no but you know I ha- I'm in God's hands and I'll be fine and you have to believe it and she has that conviction so that was easy for I think it's easier for the daughter to believe it as well what happens to parents that maybe there's their faith is not so strong how would you address that how can they begin a faith journey with their family Charles
0: I think parents who can tell that they're not very strong in their faith or they don't have a strong faith to lean on to encourage them, to help them interpret life and to help them understand maybe a little better how to deal with difficult situations such as this mom is dealing with, trying Mm -hmm. to communicate how to deal with fear, for example, and and, and the awkwardness of having to find time early in the morning to spend Mm -hmm. time together. But she does it in a very natural way. I think parents need to know that if they don't have what it takes or they don't feel that they're ready to do the job, they need to look for help. I think one of the things that as parents we forget is that we're not specialists in everything. Mm -hmm. We need to find help. And that could be conversations with people who have more experience, usually in society over the years, uh, back, you know, going back some generation or two, people always had older folks nearby who were giving them counsel, giving them guidance and talking about their own experiences. And, and the idea that we've become so individualized or at least smaller compartmentalized, uh, smaller groups, we don't have all that support necessarily handy. And some people are afraid to speak into our lives because people don't usually respond well for mm-hmm. someone coming up and giving uh, uh, giving advice. So what we need to do is to recognize, I think, our limitations, recognize where we're struggling, and then talk. Uh, we find often as we spend time with couples, we, we have found that um, they begin to open up and they say, I'm having this issue and I really don't know what to do. And usually what I try to say fairly quickly is that's the right thing to do is ask for help. Don't try to figure it out only on your own. And so as parents realize that they need to be able to come to A position like the mom does in this story where she says, you know, I've thought it out and I I move into my zone, she Mm -hmm. says. I I thought that was kind of interesting because for many things we need to have a zone, but it's not a zone you just sort of pop into by accident, but rather you've thought about it and then you move into that zone so you function well Mm -hmm. because of the guidelines, the moral guidelines, the practical guidelines that you've set up, you know, once you have a clear picture of what's going on.
3: You know, just add, if a parent is seeking to have a stronger faith and has a lot of questions, there's a nas- worldwide international program called ALPHA. People can just go to that website, and there's groups in different churches that are just for people who are trying to understand different faith. Very different churches from different denominations have that, and they just ask the questions Is God, you know, if there's so much evil in the world, why has God mm-hmm. allowed these, you know, things like that. And so they're just a great opportunity if you've got those kinds of questions to go to those groups. And you can just go to the website, ALPHA, and find a group near you you and participate in that faith journey definitely
2: and just to kind of add to that doctor uh, for the kids that might have questions Mm -hmm. about why do I have to go to church why do I have to go to this youth group why do I have to go to this support group I mean how can we convince them that this is a good thing that this is a cool thing you know, we're not going to take a whole lot of their time, but we just want them to kind of go somewhere they could kind of build that confidence again. What can we say to them?
3: Well, that's why I think it has to start with the self first. When we are trying to have our kids do things that we ourselves are not practicing, they're going to pick that enough mm-hmm. <laughs> lack mm-hmm. of authenticity and they're going to be like, well, you're making me do something that I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. So I think that start with starting with ourselves first before we impose things on our children just because we think it's good for them, I think starting that way. And then I don't think we want to force of religion down people's throats either. But it's having those conversations in terms of whatever happens day to day and then being able to relate it to them in a plausible way, I think. Definitely.
0: One of the things a family can do is to invite a family that seems to be Having it together <laughs> to come and spend time with their family, like a meal or something, and then and then to maybe even talk ahead of time with a couple or the family and just say, you know, hey, let's bring up some of these topics so our kids can hear us discuss it. So I mean, you you have to find creative ways to bring engage your kids in conversations seeing maybe a movie that's got a particular topic and then being able to talk about it afterwards and such, yeah.
1: Great tips. Well, thank you so much both of you uh, for being here with us and talking about this great topic.
0: Muchas gracias. Thank you once again.
2: And uh, ladies and gents, don't miss out our next podcast is part of this faith series called The Defiant Child. I'm sure many of us will not want to miss that one.
1: This is The Struggle. This was The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. Make sure to download it now on iTunes and share it with everyone you know.
2: And for additional information, please visit FamilyBridgesUSA.com and get a whole packet of resources for parents or yourself, for any groups that are, you know, working with parents.
1: That's right. And you can also find blogs, tips, and more on social media. Follow us with the hashtag TheStruggleIsReal or hashtag TSIR. Thanks again for listening. I'm Veronica Avila.
2: And on this side, Omar Ramos. Till next next time. time.
0: This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.